Welcome to the Four Jack Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to season five of the Four Jack Podcast, powered by our friends over at Galvin Green. Galvin Green is the number one technical golf apparel brand preferred on every professional tour. They're famous for designing high-tech, elevated golf apparel for every golfer, male or female, to feel invincible under all conditions. Head over to galvingreen.com and get your apparel game dialed in for the 2023 season. A massive thank you to our community that continues to support and share in our success. As we rapidly approach season six, you can expect more untold stories, more amazing guests, and a deeper dive into how golf truly impacts, connects, and is celebrated by many. This is going to be a fun episode tonight, a bit of a family affair. But before we say hello to tonight's special guests, we're going to head down to warmer climates and check in with the AGM, Mr. Derek Lane. What's happening in SoCal today? Well, for the first six months of the year, I used my Galvin Green uh, rain proofs, as they like to say across the pond. And now we are in the wicking boxers part of Galvin Green right now. So it's been uh, quite a transformation. Uh, I don't know if California would make its mind up to have what kind of weather it's going to have, but a lot of people pay a lot of taxes and put up with a lot of shit to, for it not to know. So <laughs> outside of that, uh, I'm kind of anxious for tonight. We, uh, we all know my love for influencers is just off the chart, and we got one of our favorite ones on tonight. But these two also have a problem because we're going to have to explain on the Zoom link that if you had motion sickness, these guys can't learn how to keep a phone upright. So I'm sitting here trying to balance all of this stuff as they're nodding and greeting and moving. And I can't, I'm not smart enough. I'm like a dog looking at the Pavlovian treat, trying to figure out which one's going to give it to me. So that being said, we have smiles tonight, Parksy. Um, yeah. You know how there's just certain people in the world that light up rooms? These two morons have these giant smiles and it comes through every time they talk. And the socials are going to be fun on this one because these guys can't help smiling at each other. And I think that's kind of cool because... The story, as you know, is something we really wanted to broadcast. Yeah, you can hear him going off in the background, he's right? He's giggling like we're in kindergarten. He slow jammed us, and now, now, he's, now he's trashing our audio. Yeah, I love it. He did the Influencer 601. <laughs> well, without further ado, the 4Jack podcast is extremely excited to have a repeat offender and a first-timer on the show tonight, one of which you know and love is Big Mo. You kind of alluded to that. And now we have another member of the family with a different story to share, and this is sort of the definition of perseverance, passion, and overcoming all odds, but at the same time, still connected into this weird and wonderful ecosystem. So please welcome to the show, Melosi Tomasala and Big Max Tomasala. Hey. Ah. <laughs> what's up, guys? Hi, what's up? How are you guys? Doing well, man. Doing well. Max, what's going on with you, bud? Nice to, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, not much is going on. You got lots to celebrate, dude. I mean, there was a big W in your pocket here recently. We'll get into that in a little bit, but maybe give us a little insight into, you know, sharing the stage with your bro and kind of taking on this content creation ecosystem that Mo's found success in. Um, I just I find it really cool how Melosi's uh been able to do all that, uh, the videoing and stuff, uh, showing off St. George. And I love that. Um, he's inspired me to start doing a little bit of more, uh, social media platform and it's, it's really cool to be part of it. 
Yeah, I got to say, we had a, and, and this was a close personal friend of mine going through college who suffered, he had spinal cancer and it was not a very good outlook for him, but he had the tumor removed. He regained a little bit of feeling in his legs, but he's, he's sort of stuck in a wheelchair now and he's pretty limited. So he's trying the adaptive thing, but he was a golf professional and a super good guy, stud, hockey player. But similar to your sort of outtake and outlook on life, he, he didn't let it really bring him down. And, and actually, he let me know yesterday because I had mentioned, hey, we're going to have Max on the show. This is kind of cool. I know you're thinking about an upright golf cart. And he's like, dude, this guy is so inspiring. I, I need to have more content because there's a lot of people in that space, right? So maybe you don't know the things you're doing and the people you're touching, but I think this is really important to share the story. So let's get into a little bit about how you're starting to overcome this and, and be more connected to golf. Um, yeah. Uh, I, I think that's so cool that, um, that I'm that hearing that, that, uh, there are other people are out there, um, that find it inspiring and super motivating to, uh, be able to, to golf again. And even if you're in a wheelchair after a spinal cord injury, because I, I didn't know it was possible before, um, before my accident and now after i had my accident it's a it's a blessing that i'm still able to do all that and um share it with all the other people that that need it in their lives yeah for sure you seem to be very positive about actually, it actually tell them that like go ahead mo i, I was gonna say like maxi was like a, a scratch golf before like a plus handicap and like seeing him like golf before his accident to like now it's crazy like to like see his mindset change a little bit with like he has to take advantage of his swing because his swing is very limited, right? Yeah. Like just being able to like hit the ball. Like how far do you hit your My driver goes about like 240 right now. And I think my it's just a simple swing now because I don't have to worry about so much of timing with my lower body and my upper body because it's just all upper body. And so it's kind of a um a good thing that way it's just a simple swing 240 dude did you say 240 yeah that's yeah there's a lot of people out there that, that would be pretty happy with that ha having <laughs> two working legs you know what i mean so that that's that's a huge achievement but i mean you guys aren't small children you guys are are, are you know i would say built a little differently and i think obviously the thicker side. yeah i think fitness is obviously a pretty important aspect of your lifestyle it seems that way anyway you guys are both big into fitness and lifting and, and so i mean talk to us a little bit about maybe take us all the way back take us take us through the early years take us through your introduction to the game and and how you kind of grew this love want me to go Melissa? yeah you man this is about you. Max, you're no, the yeah, star. Yeah, okay, Max, you're the star. <laughs> yeah. You tell Big Brother when to talk. Yeah, exactly. Okay? You're on, this is your show. He's the best. He's, he doesn't have a say in this stuff. So I want you to tell the world your story. And when we want Mo's input, we'll let his little green box go around his face. <laughs> yeah, he's the, but he's here to listen tonight. You're the star. He's the backup dancer, dude. So you, you play the music. I'm the third wheel here. Exactly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. So I started a golf at a very young age, um, probably close to like three years old. Uh, my dad taught, uh, taught me and Melosi um, how to golf. And he didn't start playing until he was in his 20s. 
and he wanted to teach us the game of golf and just because it taught us a, a ton of life lessons and it was fun and it was something that we can do together as a family and uh, for life basically but um, I didn't start taking golf like pretty serious till I was around like the age 12 um, started playing in more of the junior tournaments and then that's when I realized I wanted to play in high school and after high school I wanted to play in college and here I am now playing in a U.S. Adaptive Open, a national tournament. And so, yeah. And you, and you just kind of glazed over that. So I don't know. We're going to have to back up a little bit. So let's talk about who was better, who was competitive growing up. Was somebody pushing the other one or were you just kicking ass all over him? Oh, growing up, it was it was tough for me tough for me to beat Melosi because he, was, uh, he has seven years on me. He's seven years older than me. Right. So... When I grew about seven inches one year, and I was a lot taller than Wallsey, I could, uh, I could actually hit the ball a lot further, and that's when I started competing with him. And um, it was probably like my sophomore year when we started playing competitive against each other because it was more fair. Yeah. Where was Dad in all this, old man? Let's clarify. He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't further than me. Let's just clarify that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Magic. Here we go. <laughs> his short game his short game is a little bit better than mine okay well but you know what they say drive for show putt for dough right so well in, yeah. in parksy it's hilarious because i have a very similar story in that my little brother was a much better player than i was from the time we started to play so you kind of have this thing as the big brother where you're always secretly rooting for the for the younger brother and we all know in life we never like to lose but there is something about yeah. that. And, you know, my age difference was just a little smaller than, than Moe's. But you do get into that thought process of sharing some of the secrets. And, you know, it's like, it's crazy because you really truly want the younger ones to succeed. They're going to walk in your path and they're going to play a lot of what you do. What I'm curious about uh, for Mo because he's just not going to be able to stay quiet this long. I'm anxious for Mo is tell me a little bit about some of the secrets, some of the things you gave Max as somebody who was considerably older, the bigger brother, do a lot of this stuff. So I think that there's a little bit of magic in that because as soon as you signed on, I saw Max's eyes get a little bigger and it was fun to have you on. And and I know he's not, you know, the internet star that you are yet, but I'm hoping that even that's, that will go a little different. But you could just see there's a little bit of reverence and there's always that younger brother, older brother relationship. And I love it. My younger brother is one of my closest friends in my life. And he he's He's, he's not a talkative human being like I am. And obviously Mo and you and I will do the 90% of the talking. And I think Max and my brother would barely ever say a word, but let's jump into a little bit of what you've taught him and what you shared with him growing up. And a lot of the secrets going into that brother relationship, because I think it's kind of cool that seven year difference means there's not a lot of beating up and not a lot of, you know, that fighting and you're going to kind of get through a little bit differently. It's going to be a little bit more of a reverence relationship, right? Yeah. Maxie, it was funny. Maxi was always so he's left-handed. I don't know if you guys know that he's a lefty, right? And it was funny growing up. My dad, like he he started golfing like Maxi said when he was in his twenties. So my dad and I, we kind of grew up together golfing at the same pace. And my dad and I, <clears throat> we have the the same swing, as far as like stack and tilt um, basics. I'm sure. Have you ever heard of that, Derek? Oh yes. The stack and tilt method. Yeah. yeah. And so that's like my dad, he taught me that because I played baseball growing up. Maxie played baseball growing up. Um, I think the one thing that I probably got into Maxie's like mind 
was the competition is to always have like that fire in him you know i think there's one thing i got him to like understand is because i'm like like me and him when we play matches it's it's always so close when it comes to not only the score or the match but the mind games right <laughs> if maxi's playing if maxi's playing slow and we're playing a match play if he's playing slow i'm going to speed up my pace my pace of play right and if he's playing fast i'm going to slow down right if he hits a bad shot i'll be like hey it's right you'll find it over there you know or if he hits like a good putt i'm like or i'm sorry if he hits like a bad putt i'm like good putt you know what i'm saying it's like the little things like that that will like i think i brought a little bit more of the competition out of him because maxi and i were separated for about 2 years where like we didn't golf at all like i spent 2 years in in a different country and when i came home that's when he like had like that growth spurt of like you know 7 inches he shot like his lowest round in a golf tournament he shot 63 at this golf tournament high school i've never shot lower than 67 right and it's just crazy how he just gets so competitive with the game of golf like with me and i think he he's super humble with the game he'll never tell anyone that you know like his stats or his scores where i'm all show you know but he's the dough he's the one that brings it in and so I think that's probably the one thing that him and I go back and forth with is like the mental games and like staying competitive with one another. Even now that he's in a wheelchair or whatever, I'm not like, like letting up on him. Like I'm going to go as hard as I can. Like, like it's, there's no, there's no, uh, what do you call it? Handicaps. There's no strokes. Like we, we play straight up when we play and he, he just plays from his tee box. Right. But it's, it's fun now even more. And so, Cause he's still good. He shot two under at Pinehurst. Like, like you can't shoot two under at Pinehurst without playing ever, you know? And so <laughs> that's what I would say with Max, you know, is it's the biggest thing. Yeah. I gotta say you, you've spent some time at Pinehurst. So maybe, maybe jump into this one. Well, you know, Benny, who, who has been on here and, and he was so proud because we were talking about that, you know, is, is he has the open next year, but he was really, really excited for the adaptive because again, he, as you know, is very similar to me, very passionate about showing off his golf courses, very passionate about being collective, always wanting to push the envelope, you know, and one of the things that I think Ben and his team did so well is the setup of the golf course was not what I'm going to call, was not soft. It was for real. And you know, when you have people like Max and you have people that are out there, you know, the perseverance, as Mo was relating, was, was relating to, was very simple for me because everything has to be relative to your situation, right? And one of the reasons you and I wanted to put Max and Mo on together is, is we needed that thought process. And Max obviously reminds me a lot of my, my younger brother, Dustin. And the reason that is he's got that quiet confidence. He sat there. He was early in the room. He knew that was going down. He was very upfront. He was very kind when he jumped on. But when you go to a place like Pinehurst, you want what you've worked so hard on to show. And I think that that's the big thing about Pinehurst is you'd have to not only, once you get it in the fairway, you're a third of the way there because there's no let up if you play the golf courses at all, right? And so you have this understanding of, of sand capped fairways and you've got these kind of what I'm going to call standalone green complexes. And obviously two is a whole different monster all by itself, but there is no such thing as relative ease. And I think that places like Pinehurst, and you'll see it next year when 
the tour plays there at the open. I think that you, your golf game will be representative of your score thinking you can't ever fool anything. And I thought that to be a great concept for what Mo was just talking about, because at Pinehurst for Max to win, it really isn't about situational awareness. It's more about situational understanding. And I think the difference there is he already is aware of his surroundings and his limitations, but to him, they're not limitations. They're just a different way to play the game. And I remember when we first had Mo on and we were off camera and he was just bragging about Max. Like, guys, you think I'm the special one in my family. It's my brother. Like, you just don't understand. And I'm like, I do actually. And I think that that brotherly love showed through immensely. But for me, the biggest thing that I saw was how he, I think Mo knew what Max was going to do when he got there because he was ready. Right. And I think that what you're talking about the mental games and playing a golf course like Pinehurst, like there can't be many places in the world that if you're playing for score in a competition that could be more diabolical than where he played. So I think not only winning what, what he did was amazing, but I think winning there will make it more special for the player that did that. And Max, would you kind of agree with that, that knowing that that, that win came from Pinehurst, it made it even more sweet? Yeah, yeah, it was it was crazy. And to to win it was um it was amazing. And it was really I was just proud of myself to see all the hard work that I put in. Um and to be able to show it in front of people and on live TV. Dude, that wasn't a win. That was a massacre. Like you you beat you beat second place by 18 shots, wasn't it? 16 or 18 shots? I don't know. It was a lot. It's more fingers and toes than I have. So craziness. <laughs> To talk us yeah. through like prepping for the competition and kind of what you're thinking going in, obviously the mind games with the bro, the chest, the checkers plays into it a yeah. little bit. I mean, it gives you that fortitude, but talk to us about the prep and then talk to us about the event overall. So the prep for me started at where the place I work, which is a uh, tee box. Um, it's an indoor golf facility. And that's where I dialed in with my numbers, um, figuring out my new swing and my limitations. And I just worked on what I can, and I focused on that mostly. And for me, it was mostly practicing chipping and putting because for it's gonna, I know it was gonna be hard for me to to get onto the get on on two shots just because of how how far they're playing it and the course is piner, so it's really tough. So I was like, yeah, I gotta get my chipping and putting in and but I wish I prepared more um with like the greens I didn't um really know how to read the greens of Bermuda and it was a different type of uh putting so that was that was really tough for me um on the first day but um definitely what'd you shoot on the first <laughs> first first day I, I had I had 39 putts so I, I shot 82 the first day I was nervous though. It was it was very nerve wracking. Um, but that second day I felt a lot more comfortable, so that's why I could pull out the the seventy two under, and then finishing with an with an eighty on the last day. But yeah. So okay. How many putts did you? How many putts? On the second day. Yeah. I had twenty six the second day, and then twenty nine the third. So I did pretty good. Crazy. That's 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 a massive swing. You you mentioned this earlier. You said numbers. You're working on numbers. Talk to us, and especially for our audience that that maybe doesn't understand the benefit of this. Talk to us about working on numbers. What is that? What does that mean? So working on numbers is just figuring out how far I'm hitting the clubs now. Like, cause I'm hitting everything probably fifty yards shorter than what I what I'm used to. So like my seven iron used to go one ninety. Now it's going one forty. So it's it's a big difference now. Okay. Yeah. 
So, okay, we're, we're getting dialed in. Do we have equipment changes? Kind of maybe talk us through your setup right now. What, what's different about Mo's setup versus Max's setup? My, my setup's um, a little different. So I have mostly hybrids in my bag. So I have pitching wedge through seven iron. Those are my irons. And they're PXGs, um, Gen 5s. Um, all of them are. And I go from six hybrid to three hybrid. And then I go into woods and drivers. But what's interesting is my irons, I got them uh, half an inch longer than standard. And then my hybrids, I got them half an inch shorter. And I did the hybrids shorter to get the ball more in the air so it can land a little bit softer with the hybrids. And I wasn't too worried about the long, the short irons because I can get those in the air. But getting that ball in the air was a very struggle for me at the beginning just because I didn't have that speed and I couldn't get the spin on the ball to go in the air. Right. And then, so talk to us through the setup of your cart. I mean, obviously you're strapped in, but where are you restricted? Are there bands in there? And then what kind of freedom do you have with that cart? So the cart that I have, it's called the Verticap um, golfer, golf cart. And I have a knee belt that um, that's basically what's making me stand all the way up because it's keeping my knees locked in. And so I don't slide down when I start to stand up but I can stand up all the way to the top. And then I have a chest belt and a seat belt that are holding me against the chair. So I don't fall forward. And um, the limitations is basically that chest belt really restricts me from rotating. So I try to move that belt all the way to the lower part of my stomach. And that's, that helps me able to rotate a little bit more. Okay. Are we talking a lot of upper body obviously, but is this one handed? Is it two handed? Is there a different technique? I use two hands just because of how much core I have. I'm a T12 paraplegic, so that mo- that that means I have most of my core. But for people that are a higher break, so like a T, like a T8, like their break is really high, and so their core isn't going to be as strong as mine. So they'll swing with one arm because they can't um, basically stand up and not like feel like they're falling over on on their swing. Melosi, do you ever turn his card off or let the air out of his tires just to mess with him on the golf course or what? No, he, he, dude, he's a he's a ready golfer. Like it's it hard for me to catch up to him. Like he, he just by the time you know I'm getting to like my second shot. Nice. And so like, he's fast. So I can't even get to him in time. I just like I just like you know just do the same mind games with him and stuff like that. You're just yelling at him. Our dad's taking off. Ready go. Yeah. Love that. What was that, Max? I said our dad taught us to play ready golf. That is true. That's important, man. That's important. <laughs> Regardless of your limitations in life, you need to play fast golf. Otherwise, you're going to piss everyone else off on the golf course. So good on you guys and good on Pops for instilling that. Yeah, my dad played uh, 18 holes one time in like, I think it was like two hours. That's impressive. Like an hour and, 50, hour and 55 minutes or something like that. Like Crazy. The dude's wild. Yeah. The dude is wild. Love that. Max, talk to us about putting. How, how do you, like, I mean, a regular player would get down and get behind the ball and line it up. And how do you, how do you read greens and what's your philosophy on putting? Maybe give us a little secret sauce. So on the putting, I like to just go behind the ball, just like how everyone else does. And I do a, like a quick glance of the reading, where the putt's going to go. And then when I'm over the putt, over the ball, that's when I actually will like pick a spot out. 
and then I'll choose where I'm going to putt. But for me, it's hard for me to line up perfectly straight with the ball. So for adaptive golf, we can move it six inches, and that's an actual rule in golf now. It's a uh, it's like 25D or something. So nice. Okay. So it gives you a little freedom to make adjustments so you're not having to back your cart up or, or move your cart around. Yeah. Okay. Tearing up the greens. The one thing that we – that's why they mostly made the rules so we don't tear up the greens. We're not right. fidgeting up our wheels and stuff. Okay. Cool. Okay, so we're coming down the stretch. This is a big tournament. This is probably the biggest one you've played in, I would have to say, outside of maybe high school or, or something in your junior years. But – we're coming down the stretch. We're closing this thing out. We got a couple holes left. What's going on in your head? Do you scoreboard watch? Are you just kind of freaking out, or are you just you just riding this thing in? Um, I was kind of just enjoying that last day because I knew I had a pretty big lead, and I could just go out and have fun. And so I I did ask my mom. I was just asking her like, where am I at? Like how how's everyone doing and stuff at, at the turn on after nine. And um, after that, I triple bogeyed the set on on the tenth hole. <laughs> I was like, okay, maybe I should dial in. And then I went, I parred out the rest of that round, and I had a birdie on one of the holes. So, yeah, you're standing on 18 tee box. You got a 15 shot lead. I mean, you're probably yeah mailing it in. But that's great. I love the fact that you kind of dialed it in and carried it to the house. Way to go, man! Big pat on the back yeah. from the four jack. That's a that's a huge. Yeah. That, that that's enormous you're right and and what you mentioned something and i was going to allude to it because i know a lot of mo and what you guys were talking about you but dad but i heard you say your mom i'd like to hear a little bit about the role that mom plays in some of this too because i think we all uh, especially you guys are definitely bros and you guys understand a lot of this but let's talk a little bit about mom and what her role in all of this was um, for me, it's, it's definitely just having her there. Just the, the support system that she offers is, is amazing. I know she's, she's seen me thrown so many clubs in, in high school, break them, just cussing out a storm on the golf course, but she'll always come back and still support me no matter what. And I know she'll do a lot. She'll do the same thing with Melosi and I, Melosi has a lot worse anger. So if she can deal with Melosi, she can deal with me. Now remember, <laughs> yeah. here we go. You're, here we go. You're, you're, you're representing, you're a champion now. So that club throwing is a thing of the past, my friend. That. You are yeah. going to have cameras on you for the rest of your life. And I think that's what Mo's the most upset about, Max. You're going to be the camera guy. Because that smile and that cheese on the bottom down there, that son of a bitch loves some camera time. I do. I love it. This is me off. You're shaking your head. No, you're shaking it. your head, Mo. You're, you're not a tosser? You just no, got words I, or what? Here's the thing. My, my junior year of high school, there were a couple kids on the team there were a couple of kids on the team who like got so mad over missing the dumb, like, like they'd miss like a dumb birdie putt. They'd get all pissed off. They'd throw tantrums on the golf course. And I was never like that until like, I saw like all these guys I looked up to like in high school. I'm like, all right, well I got to get pissed off if I miss a three footer for, for birdie, you know? And so I like, I started getting like a little like hot headed, like in high school, like my junior year. My mom saw stuff. My dad, I broke my dad's driver in a region tournament. Jeez. It was, it was, it was, it was ugly. This is that. But it wasn't until, yeah, it wasn't until my dad said, Hey dude, um, find a ride home from, from the tournament. <laughs> I'll see you there. Like, Take your broken club and walk your ass home. Like when my dad said that to me, 
yeah, like that, that's what really hit me was like, Kamalosi, like, like, this isn't you, dude. Be happy. People like playing golf with you, not with this person you're trying to be like, you know? That's, and that sounds like he knows what he's talking about. Fun for me because it's like, I'm just totally. Yeah. And so it was like the worst when like my mom would like follow my dad out of, out of like disappointment or, or just like disgusted with the person I was. And so that's where like mom played a big role too. She's like, Hey, be you play golf, like the way you were taught. And so that's, that's how mom played a role in my life and in Maxie's life. And she's the photographer. She's the, she's the one who catches the moments for Maxie and I. And so nice. She's the she's the goat there. So Max, can we expect some more Instagram, some more reels, some more sort of insight and a peek behind the curtain of what you're doing? Because honestly, dude, th- there's a huge audience out there for it. And I mean, you can piggyback off your little little bro now and your big bro now, and I mean, you can leverage him a little bit to to gain some attention. But I I I really think there's an avenue for this, and and I really think not to exploit you know, the accident or kind of the challenges you're going through, but there's a lot of people that, that can use that and use that fuel. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I'll definitely keep up with this uh, Instagram. I want to post more about just the preparation I had for a national tournament, like a big tournament like this. And to, to keep posting more about um, to show that your life's not over after a life changing experience as I've been through and yeah, just keep, Keep pushing, keep motivating, and keep playing in some tournaments and keep winning. Well, you're welcome to use us at any time because it's been a long time since I was this excited for a pod. And and Chris knows I'm I'm actively busy right now. Things are tough to fit into the time, and it's and this was created on a Thursday. Normally, I'm I'm still working, and I just really wanted to be part of this. Number one, I I really enjoy Mo. I love the way he looks at the game. I love the way he looks at the, the world through the lens of what he's seeing. You know, I'm not sure I like the sleeveless shirt on the golf course. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to accept that. I'm a big fan of the new haircut, but I'm still worried if the if the pipe should be constrained or not. But you know, that's. I'm here to be. I'm also. I'm also trying to figure out how the world's working. I don't want to be old man yelling at clouds. But that being said, I I really do enjoy your story. And as someone who had a very physically um, uh, retarded, mentally retarded sister who who really struggled with the past and I've worked through disabilities to the Ronald McDonald house and a lot of other things in our family it hit hard and very similar to you guys my father was built just like the both of you and was this amazing athlete and you know never really understood how something that he created could be something different and it wasn't an accident obviously you've seen both sides of that but that being said sharing part of that story I'm not sure how much your guy you guys understand the power of your smiles I really I really don't think you guys truly understand how many people you're touching by the way you look at each other, the way you look at the world, the way you're smiling. Like my favorite videos of you getting in and out of the van. I watched it probably five <laughs> times because I want to know how much that chair weighs because you threw it around like it was Parksy looking at a bag of chips. I mean, it was insane. I mean, you put that thing in the back of your car like it was two pounds. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I don't think these guys realize how strong and, and unbelievably vivacious it is the way you're living your lives. And I truly wanted you to come on tonight, A, because I, I wanted to see both of you and meet you, but B, I just think that there's this really special thing in your family, and normally that comes from your mom. I mean, honestly, you guys have that soft touch about you, you're gentle giants, but you understand through your dad what it's like to get a little tough love, but I, I really want you to keep pushing that story, and 
I know Ben Bridgers at Pinehurst and some other people in this game that would love to continue you focusing on what it is you've achieved and what it is you can do to move the needle because there aren't many that are in your adaptive world that have that great touch and that great ability to still, like you said, teach well versus other things. So you are able to drive, you are your own boss. You're still living a really healthy, fully desired life. And I think sometimes people are gonna look at that through more of an empathetic or even sympathetic lens and, and that's bullshit. That does not have to be, and you're proving that. So I hope you keep pushing that needle because it's really needed in today's world. And you know, Yelp compliment or excuse me, Yelp comments are always negative and Twitter is an absolute cesspool for anything positive. And you know, I think that there are ways in Instagram and in some of these socials that people using them the way you use them are why that that platform was really created. So don't give up on that. Keep pushing yourself out there. You're better looking than your brother. So that's a second win for you. And yeah. you know what? Your hat backwards sits on your head. Like you know, he, he's part of this woke influencer crowd. He's already lost. <laughs> he's he's got, club now. got all these, he's got <laughs> girls on. He's, he's, he's so bougie. Pretty soon he's going to be at that new golf course down there in North Texas. And he's going to be an ambassador and He's got all of that. You 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 got to take him on, and you got to keep you got to get up to those numbers, bud. And your guys are you guys are really both of you are inspiring. And we and just please know, Mo, you know how we feel about you. But you know, Max, yeah. this has been really fun tonight. And yeah. you know, I think that what I really hope you do is continue the message you're doing. But I hope you find your voice a little louder. I hope you you don't become anything more than what you are. But don't be afraid to be a little louder. Turn up that volume. It's a really really cool thing, my friend. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're here to help. Derek, you just you just make me smile, dude. <laughs> Derek, Derek, Derek's Derek's the man. He's a man. Like if Derek's if if there's like a what do you call it, like a seminar and Derek's, I'll pay the ticket. I'm there. <laughs> Listen, it I'm just comes from spot. fifty years of just figuring out that in the end, all you have is you, right? And if you're the yeah. best you, the world's gonna be everything you want it to be. And you know what? I, like everybody else, have an amazing job, but I take care of people that are very successful and they have a very high level of expectations, but I don't want to change who I am. And you know what? That's why we love our guests. You know, we, we love the big, loud guys and shout out to Paul Logan and all of the people, Dontrell Willis. You've ever noticed everybody comes on here. They're fun. If they're not fun, they don't come back. And Parksy's got this great ability just to get the most out of the, the serious people. He relates well to that. And I'm just absolutely the opposite of that. I love what I do. I'm far more serious professionally, but you guys deserve a story. And I come from the middle of nowhere and I, I had the greatest life growing up. Parksy and I have talked about this ad nauseum. Like we were really lucky how we were raised. And a big part of that is giving back. And you know, it gets harder and harder to fit these in. We're both very busy, but this is the reason we do this stuff. Wouldn't you agree, Chris? 100%. I mean, the whole reason why we sort of put the energy behind this platform is to create a stage for people to share stories, but not just stories of, Hey, look at me. I got a Ferrari and I'm doing this bullshit and I have all this money. It's like, these are the stories that hit home. These are the things that resonate with the, the true, the real audience, the unwoke audience. We're not doing it for likes. We're not doing it for cash. We're not doing it for incentives. It's, it's about being able to touch people and, and give them that stage and give them that audience to share their story. So Continued success, Max. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, whatever. Thanks. We'll probably talk to you again in the future sometime, but it's always a pleasure. And, and, and Parksy, what was it? Mo was going to Barbie and Max was going to Oppenheimer. Yeah, they I decided? think that's what it was. Oh, that, that's the way that oh, was right. You guys enjoy, that, this enjoy the movie tonight. That's why we got to cut you short. But anyway. Well, they, they actually asked me to be a part of the movie, but I had to decline. <laughs> yeah. So I, Max, I, I just like, 
it, Max, as we end, anything you want to say? I mean, I really do want the stage to end, and we're gonna we're gonna obviously push you both, you and Mo, on this. And Mo's gonna be a regular here. And if we need a guest host, we've already decided we're gonna call Mo, and he's gonna jump in and be yeah. a guest host because I'm not always available. So when Parksy has these really beautiful influencers on there and they talk your language, I'm a way way better. I'm a, it's way better mode that you handle this than I do. It's just it's way better. Yeah, shout but out Max. Socials, ahead, socials, yeah, yeah, socials. Yeah. So Max, I want you to give a little bit of a goodbye. Just kind of tell people about what your socials are, what you're coming up, what you're playing in a little bit, and then we'll let Mo do the same. Yeah. Um, just thank you guys so much. Um, my Instagram is mad.max42, and I basically just want to post um, about my life and how I'm living it with the wheelchair and also playing adaptive golf. And I just want to get adaptive golf more known and just uh, to keep living and have fun and do, doing all that on the golf course. Love it. Melosi, your authentic self. Well, Give us your socials. Give us the goods. Melosi <laughs> Golf across all platforms. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. You know where it is. Melosi Golf and uh, just keep smiling, keep hitting bombs, and uh, three putt every once in a while. Well, we can definitely promise that that's going to happen. But you know what? It's been a good couple of stretches for us. Uh, it was great to have Michael Block on again. I want to revisit. I think that was a really powerful pod. Mm. If you guys haven't listened to that one yet, I Check think you will both really enjoy that when we just dropped it. But that was a hell of a story and a hell of a, of a route to a lot of fun and success. And you know what? what we've noticed is people with those rides have those same smiles that the two of you idiots have. So <laughs> never lose that. That is the kryptonite to all the haters in the world. Just keep doing it. Okay. We love it. We love it. Yep. All right, boys. Enjoy all the right, movie. Thank you guys. Yep. Thanks for jumping have a on. Great night, guys. You too. All right. Bye. Bye.